Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, it was a nice quiet day here at Hammond Stadium. The Twins were four miles down the road at JetBlue, but just about the time we went on the air, the Crows came rolling in here. <laughs> I could hear him in the background. Hear this one honking up above yes. me? I think he's telling his buddies, boy, there's a big appetizer in there if we want to attack him. I, I don't know what the deal is, but man, alive, he's in here, and he's right above me honking, man. Don't they uh, usually congregate after a game when there's you know yeah, peanut shells yeah, and yeah, stuff all over nothing. the yeah, there's nothing here to eat today, but they're. Uh, I think they're trying to see if they can, uh, you know, get a couple of morning dub eggs or some damn thing. They're, you know, they're up to no good. The mm-hmm. crows are very, very sneaky. So today, yes, the Twinkies, uh, I just saw a little note that the Twinkies have been warned, along with uh, several other teams, for the quality of the teams they've been sending to road games. Oh. They're, they're not fulfilling the, uh, apparently there's a 300 plate appearance you're supposed to have three guys who batted 300 times last year well you know the twins have violated that a few times but they haven't been as bad as some of the teams that have come here now the orioles sent a sent an a squad the other yesterday but uh everybody else has been uh, terrible about who they've been sending but the uh, twins today go over to boston and win eight to one dozier goes over for four He's not uh he's not hitting yet this spring. Maurer uh got some more got a, another hit today, but uh, Miguel hits a double, drives in a run. Logan Morrison two for 3, drives in a run. You mean your guy Lomo? Lomo, yeah, Lomo. <laughs> and Jopo, uh Jorge Polanco, <laughs> Jopo. We call him Jopo down here. Oh yeah, it's his nickname. Uh, he had uh he he hit fifth today. Went 1 for 3. Uh, Kepler went two for three. That's good to see. Uh, he's hitting three sixty eight this spring. Buxton zero for two. Uh, Jason Castro, who cares what he hits? We know what he's going to hit. Guzman, uh, Grossman had his first two hits of the spring. Uh, he's now up to a hundred. He went two for three. But here's the story of the spring training. Ryan Lamar. Uh, journeyman outfielder, a very good defensive outfielder. I guess he can run like crazy. Played at the University of Michigan. And, of course, as we've said, he's married to Whitney Tanney, the uh, great uh, uh, tennis player from Edina. They met when they were at Michigan. And uh, he's a really nice kid and a former fan of the sports show when it was on. Hmm. Uh, but uh, the one roster conversation this team is having i would think is you got your nine starters you got escobar you got adrianza and you got uh you got garver the backup catcher right that's 12 Mm -hmm. they're gonna try to keep 13 do you want grossman 
as your bench player, or do you want a guy who's can run and is defensive who can actually play the outfield is a right-handed hitter? Yeah. See Zach Granite, people bring up, but he's another left-handed hitter. I can't see him making the team as another left-handed hitter. They got Rosario, Kepler, Morrison, uh, Joe, and Castro. You got five regular left-handed hitters. That's too many, and uh, to, to face against lefty. Uh, the acquisition yesterday. of Morrison really changed the outlook for their bench, didn't it? I mean, Kenny's most likely going to be gone. Yeah, it, yeah, it makes Kenny's a guy gone. like Grossman that much more expendable. It really did drastically change their bench. And uh, we had uh, Fab Falbion yesterday, of course, and he mentioned how everybody's uh, liked what they've seen from Lamar. I talked to him uh, a couple of weeks, uh, ten days ago or so, and he said that he had, you know, he's never really hit much, and he went and uh, spent the whole uh, winter basically working with a guy that uh, is trying to get him to change some things and make him a better hitter. Launch angle. Uh, uh, a little launch angle, a little other way stuff, but he wouldn't tell me who he is because he's from another organization. Ah. So he uh, said, "Let's just not," because we maybe he made that that guy might might not get out, get a, wanted to get out there. Sure, but these twenty nine year old journeyman kicked around very good defensively. It's an interesting situation. Uh, what you uh, what you do now? This team, these guys, they proved last year. They don't give away assets. No. So and and they can send Lamar to Rochester. He's not on a major league contract. They can put him in Rochester and they can uh play Grossman. You know, they can start off with Grossman and see how that works out. But he's gonna end up you know, if Kepler's not hitting left handers, then he'd end up playing right field and He'd have to be a little better out there than he was last year, I would say. Well, and the fact that you've got Erie, Erie Adrianza, he can play the outfield too. He's not yeah, great, he'll play but... left, and then he can. I don't think they're going to play him anywhere but left. But they can put him in left and have Eddie Rosario go over and play right. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's uh, and of course, let's face it. Last year they started with thirteen pitchers, and nobody thought they were going to. And they could end up with a three-man bench again, which means. Two utility players, Escobar and Adrianza, and a catcher, and that's it. So uh, I'm sure they'll try to start with 13 players. But but Robbie Grossman is the one, because we've talked about it, uh, Chris and Manny, that on the bench you want, generally speaking, you want a guy who can either go up and hit a home run uh, when you need it, or he can get on base, you know, and steal a base. Robbie can steal a base, but then you got to use a pinch runner, right? Mm -hmm. So do you want a guy on the bench who's going to walk? I think the one thing, though, with with this the current construction of this team, and we saw it today, is they're going to score some runs. So their everyday lineup is, for the most part, pretty much intact. Now, that's obviously barring injury. So I, I don't know how much substitution you're going to be doing, don't you think, throughout the course of the yeah, year? Yeah, well, no, the only reason, what you're debating here is what right-handed hitter you're going to use because they're not going to start all five of those guys. No. You know? I mean, Garver will play against most lefties, I would imagine, catch. But still, Rosario, Rosario and Kepler, eh, you know, I, I don't think... I don't think you're going to start all four of them. So you want a right, you want a right-handed hitting outfielder, and is that Robbie Grossman, who's you you liked the last two years around here, and is a decent hitter, decent get on base guy, get on base, or yeah. do you want a guy who can catch the ball 
and then play for you know that gives you your center fielder too when you don't when when Buxton Buxton, gets yeah. his two days a month off. Now re- refresh my memory did did they put Escobar in the outfield at all last year? No, not last year. Two years. Two years ago, played. that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Two years ago, he played out there some, but uh, well, you know, and there's also a good chance he'll start the year at third base because Miguel might end up getting. They, I think, they expect Miguel to get a short suspension. When are we going to get word on that? Do we I know? I don't know what the hell they're waiting for. They're trying to see how. They're trying to see what they can do PR wise with it. I'm sure. Sure. I, I, I don't know what the. I mean, the Twins have nothing to do with it. Honest to God, because they don't want to. Nobody's going to believe it if that they were unfairly influenced by the Twins. Anyway, if if the verdict doesn't come down like the Me Too uh, folks wanted to, but but they they are keeping the Twins out of it so they can say it's a Major League Baseball decision. We and the had club nothing had nothing to do, to do with it. it. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to do that. But anyway, it's uh, you know what we got twenty fifth. What's today seventh? You got the seventh, sir. I think there's 16 games left down here. It is, uh, it is flying by, man. It is flying We did by. have a Twitter question, Patrick. I know Oda yeah. Rizzi started today. Was the, the Red Sox lineup, was it, a, was it a decent, not obviously not the A lineup that the Red Sox are going to roll uh, out there, but he was pretty good today, Oda Rizzi. Uh, you got your uh, Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley, man, uh, Ramirez, Hanley Ramirez, uh, J.D. Martinez, Bogarts, uh, Moreland, uh, they got D. Jesus Jr. playing second because Pedroia is not playing. Vasquez and and then they got a, a, a some a kid playing third. But yeah, you got the A team. Hmm. By the way, Mookie Betts hitting zero this spring hasn't mm. had a hit yet. I read something Uh-oh. about that yesterday, and he didn't get a hit today, so uh, he doesn't have a hit this spring. But the Twins. They did not face one of the uh, Red Sox uh, ace pitchers today. Not they, Sale or Price or anybody like that. Not, not anybody like that. But they uh, they went eight to one today, and uh, Odorizzi's good. Uh, Zach Duke and uh, Addison Reed both have one, two, three innings. Uh, my guy Presley uh, had uh, one hit, one strikeout. Molitor Person had a great quote, by the way, on Addison Reed today after the game. He just said. I like it because the ball doesn't go straight. <laughs> you know, he, he makes the batter uncomfortable, which I think is a really good call. Yeah, I about told you, he's got, the first day I walked in a locker room, I kind of a clubhouse, I went, oof, look at this guy. Because he's kind of a big, strong-looking guy, all tatted up and has that grim look on his face <laughs> like he wants the ball. Nice. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's one and of He could end up being their closer. I know Rodney's going to start, but start oh, the season. We, well, we don't want anybody but Fernando to be the closer. Oh, we Come don't, on. of course. Or selfishly, <laughs> we no, we don't. The, we want the excitement. Yes. All righty. We uh, shall return. This is the ride with Ricey. Uh, don't forget, the steam zone is back at 5.03. I hope you guys are working on some explosive material. Oh, man, it's, it's going to be big. All right. And he goes for an NBA three and buries it. And Penny has all of the Memphis State points. It's Hardaway, the three. Yes! His second three of the half. Hardaway wants it back. And Anthony skates along the baseline and got it to go. Penny Hardaway, man, he was a legend when he came out of Memphis and uh, early years in the NBA, and then he got hurt a lot and uh, didn't uh, prove to be... uh, uh, that great of a pro, although they put him together. Remember, they always thought the NBA uh, draft was uh, 
the uh, lottery was fi- fixed because they wanted Penny to be with uh, Shaq, Shaq yeah. and create another create a super team back then. Well, the rumors are flying. Uh, Memphis is considering firing Tubby Smith. How old is Tubby now? Oh, Tubby's got to be 65. Yeah, 65, 66 maybe. Let's see here. Let me look it I'll up. Look Come it on. Up. Come on. Pop up here. I got you right on my phone. 1951. 66. 66, 67 on June 30th. Uh, there's a report out that Memphis is considering replacing Tubby with uh, Penny Hardaway. It was only his second year there. Hardaway is coaching East High School in Memphis, and then he runs Team Penny AAU program on the Nike circuit, and uh, he has the uh, number 60-rated junior at East High School. Then he's got a five-star, number 26, and uh, he's got another five-star that plays for Team Penny. So this would all be about this would all be about recruiting because Tubby's not getting any of these players in Memphis and his tirade yesterday about transferring probably didn't help even though he denied it and said he didn't say it but <laughs> I thought it was on tape. Well, not only that, didn't we didn't we play the audio? Yeah, it yes. was part of uh, it was it was part of my uh, four deep thoughts. That's right. The other day, yeah. Well, he denied that. It was it was apparently misinterpreted. I don't know how it could be misinterpreted. It was pretty uh, good. But, uh, you know, Tubby bailed on Texas Tech after two years. And he came to Memphis. And Memphis is, you know what, you know what Memphis Tigers basketball correlates to? Minnesota Gophers football. When the Vikings first came here mm-hmm. in, the, in the 60s, the Gophers were good, and the Vikings were sort of the newcomers, right? Mm-hmm. Even with Van Brocklin and Tarkington, the Gophers were still bigger in town than the Vikings mm-hmm. for five, six years. You know, they went to two Rose Bowls, and then they were they came close to going to another Rose Bowl in 62. But then when it turned... In the mid-60s, it started to get about equal, and then when they got Bud in here in 68, it turned completely. It reminds me of Memphis basketball down there because when they first came, the Grizzlies, the NBA team, they didn't draw for diddly, and they were still packing it in for Memphis Tigers basketball. And now you can, you know, that they they aren't as good since Calipari left. I was going to say, because that that kind of was right around the same time Calipari got there to Memphis, right? Was when yes, the yes. Grizzlies moved to Memphis. Yes. And they went and now they're just the poor sister in the school. Plus another thing that hurts them is they're playing in that lousy league, you know. They're they, I mean they're they're a lot of teams have left them. Aren't they with Cincinnati and Xavier anymore? Yeah, yeah. No, no, Xavier's with uh, Xavier's, Xavier's in, the in the Big East. Oh, that's yeah. right. So Memphis, Memphis is in the yeah, American. They got UConn oh, okay. and Cincinnati, but they're playing East Carolina and Central Florida. Got it. South Florida and teams like that. That conference and, is terrible. And uh, it doesn't work. And then Tubby, they could lose that Josh Passner, who is a young, dynamic kind of guy, and they bring in Tubby and... You know, that ship has sailed. When Tubby came here, he was leaving Kentucky, right? Yeah. When he came to Minnesota, Tubby, 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 we chanted. Nobody at Memphis was going to chant Tubby for a guy who was coming in from Texas Tech. Not to mention, Pat, look how good Texas Tech has gotten 
since yeah. Tubby since left. left. Yeah. Yes. They had a really they had a really good year this year, Texas Tech did. And uh nineteen sixty nine, uh I just saw a report. This is the lowest attendance for Memphis basketball since nineteen sixty nine seventy. So uh yeah. So uh he could get fired. But I'll tell you if Penny Hardaway takes the job. I got one guy that's not being mentioned in this report as a possible recruit right away. Anthony Simons from IMG, who's he's from Orlando, and his mama named him after Penny Hardaway. Oh, he going to Memphis. And this kid is the guy that the Gophers supposed that was going to go to Louisville, but then the check bounced because the old man got fired. Right, Patino. So uh, he's supposedly coming up to the U to. Uh, to, for a visit, but if I got to think, if the guy you got named for becomes the coach at Memphis, you're going to Memphis yeah, for your mm-hmm. one and done. You, he's a one and doneer, by the way. Doesn't you know? I, I get that Tubby's style is certainly outdated, and maybe the, the the current college game has passed him by. But he's got a spot somewhere if he wants to coach, doesn't he? Yeah, he had it, Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah. you're right. That's perfect. Yeah, Love it. he should have okay. stayed there, where they don't care. They. His big mistake is he went somewhere where they care. That's true. Memphis. You know what it's going to cost him, though? Nine, if they fire him, $9.25 What? contract is fully guaranteed. Wow. Now, what is, what is with all these buyouts being so damn high? Uh, I mean, Fran McCaffrey's buyout is like ten million, ten point five million, or something. Uh, they're trying to get. They're trying. To, did you see the Kevin Stallings thing today, Pat? Well, he's trying to go. They're they're trying to run him out. They're trying to. Uh, they're trying to get out of his buyout by only giving him seven and a half, and they it What's would actually it, be like own? it would be. I think it's like nine point four. Oh my god. Well, and they really want him was, out. Pitt's been terrible. He was winless in the ACC. Yeah, winless didn't yeah. win a game. He was a terrible hire at the time you yeah. know i mean he was okay at vanderbilt nothing special but uh i just don't understand how these guys are getting I don't these know buyouts they do it's well, ridiculous they they all think they're getting the next gem you know and they hire this guy but look at you know tubby's you know god love him he left here and he was he did his last year here he was pretty good but made it to the second could, round of the tournament you were uh but uh you know there's He's he's he went to Texas Tech where there's he's his dynamic personality is not going to get players in there. No, right? it's, you're right. That's a place you got to. And then you go to Memphis and you know you you're replacing Josh Pastner who replaced you know Calipari who you got these young dynamic guys. Tubby never had a chance there. But nine and Memphis is not, they're not in the type of conference. Where you have a TD, TV deal where you can cut a check for nine point two five million, that's for sure. Yeah. You got to have some boosters. The Federal Express. I was just going to say, isn't FedEx a big? Yeah. FedEx is going to have to say, here, take the money and uh, get rid of Tubby. But I'm sure the Patino uh, d- defenders are saying, see, see, Tubby was terrible. Well, maybe he was, but he'd be better than thirty one and fifty nine in five years, I would say. And wouldn't so. lose to a 12 seed as a 5 in the NCAA tournament in <laughs> the first round? Or get beat by Rutgers in the first round of the uh, oh, Big Ten God. tournament? That was, That's true, because uh, Tubby, Tubby's teams always did pretty well in the Big Ten tournament. They always won a game or two, yeah. Didn't they get to the finals one year? Yeah. yeah. Didn't that they, was when Hoffarber hit the shot against Indiana. 
Wasn't that uh, that year? No, that was Tubby's first year. Okay. The year they got to the championship game, Evan Turner was at um, Ohio State. Was at Ohio State, and Ohio State ran him out of the gym That's in the right. title game. You're right. But Tubby, uh, Tubby, uh, you know, go go on. You know, you got more money. You know what to do with. Go on home. You know. But I suppose when you grow up with 18 siblings, uh, there were 17 siblings in a family of 18, and you got you only get to take a bath once a week because there's uh you got to save the water. Uh, you, you probably feel like you should grasp all the money you can, huh? I mm-hmm. think I think when you get Clem had that same background, you know, Clem had that same background that uh, when you grow up dirt poor, it's uh, it's a little it's a, it's hard to walk away from money. But I think I got to think this is it for Tubby. A uh, fun fact: since you brought up uh, Anthony Hardaway and being drafted by the Orlando Magic, a fun fact about yours truly, Chris Reavers, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, the starter jackets were all the rage, you know, in the in, in the mid to late nineties. Chris Reavers was the only kid in Rice County that owned an Orlando Magic starter jacket. Wow! Really? Yes, yes, nice. And everybody went, "What? What the hell is Orlando Magic?" <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's a basketball team. It's really great. Well, Penny would have been great, but he what did oh, he gosh. end up hurting? He, it was his knees. It was his knees. Yeah, knees, I was telling so. Reavers during the break, like those first three years with mm. with him and Shaq. And they went to the finals that one year, and they were good the other two years. Well, I had forgotten. He was incredible, And I had good. forgotten that they ha- had Weber. So they could have had yeah. Shaq and Weber. How about, Weber how about a guy one. going back home, though, and coaching a high school? He must uh, he must love his Memphis. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he's a legend in that town. That's for sure. Well, and uh, my prediction, Anthony Simons, who was, <laughs> I said, would be the best guard the Gophers have had since uh, Bobby Jackson because they saw him play in January. Uh, I, I got a hunch he'll be at Memphis if uh, if uh, Tubby gets fired and Anthony Penny ends up coaching there. All right, we'll be back. Johnny Height with a sports update. Logan Logan Morrison left today's game with tightness in his right glute. Oh. He ran hard from second, trying to score in the second inning. And he had two hits. He was two for yes, two. Yes, he did. He was for two for two. And Eddie Rosario's got a little something wrong with him. So what you're officially play. saying then, Patrick, is that Lomo is a no-go. Oh. Uh, after the uh, second at bat, yeah. He kicked up the rally. He started the rally and then uh, then uh, left with a, a uh, little... Little tweak, I guess. We'll call it a tweak. He's got a lot of muscles to tweak. I was just going to say, I saw the file photo of him. He is put together, man. I did see uh, Eddie's arm. He's having some problems with his throwing arm. Is that what you were referring Mm -hmm. to there with Eddie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this update sponsored by LinkedIn. Hiring businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates for a $50 credit toward your first post. Visit LinkedIn.com slash traffic. Terms and conditions apply. State hockey tournament action this afternoon. Matamidi defeats Mankato East Loyola 4-2. And Orono, a winner over Litchfield, Dasso Kokato 6-1. These are the quarterfinals in Class A. Tonight, Monticello and Hermantown and Thief River Falls and Alexandria. Uh, twins, uh, that game we were talking about, an 8-1 win over Boston today. Jake Odorizzi started, went three and two-thirds, gave up three hits and one run. Uh, twins had 15 hits in that ball game. They have the day off tomorrow. Then they will play Tampa Bay on Friday. Uh, they did make some roster cutdowns today. The option starters Dietrich Enns and Felix Jorge to AAA Rochester, Zach Littell and Lewis Thorpe to AA Chattanooga, and they reassigned two non-roster players, uh, catchers Brian Navarretto and Winston Sawyer, to minor league camp. One X twin note, various sources reporting 
Ricky Nolasco and the Royals are working on a minor, <laughs> on a minor league deal. Oh, so, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Ricky's 35 now. I guess it makes sense, but when I saw that age, I was surprised. Good in the, good in the room, though. He'll inspire good. his teammates. He's a very, very giving fellow. Hey, yeah. uh, speaking of uh, former twins, almost, Jose DeLeon, oh, the pitcher yeah. they yeah. were going to get for uh, Dozier, ACL, or Ooh. UCL, UCLA, Ooh, yeah. so... I love how just the mere mention of Ricky Nolasco's name just caused Reavers to just start <laughs> laughing maniacally. <laughs> just take $48 million and flush it down the toilet. <laughs> he just sit around all year waiting until the season ended so he could go to Europe with Giancarlo Stanton and hit the, hit the south of France. You know what? I probably would, too. Oh, yes. Minnesota United has moved the date of one of their matches. They were going to play Atlanta United at TCF Bank Stadium Sunday afternoon, April 1st. That is, of course, Easter. <laughs> Somebody told them it was Easter. Exactly. It sneaked up on everybody. That game now has been moved to March 31st and now is a night game at 7 p.m. Of course, That's if- Holy Saturday. you still got a conflict <laughs> going here. My mother still wouldn't let me go to a soccer game on Holy Saturday. Wait a minute. So Easter is the same day as April Fool's That's Day correct, this year? That's correct. Yes, Manny. it is. Yes. Good grief. Uh, if you have a no ticket, jokes, you're going straight to hell. That's man. right. Yep, that's right. If you have a ticket for that game, you can use it, of course, in the new date. And, of course, that game in and fact, all the games are heard right here. In fact, there's really no time they could schedule it until Monday if they wanted to avoid <laughs> My mother's wrath. Yeah. You got, uh, you know, you got Thursdays. You can't do it on Thursday. That's Holy Thursday. And Friday, good for you. Oh, sure as hell can't yikes. do it on Good Friday. And then Holy Saturday, you're, you're still kind of hanging there waiting to see if he's going to make a comeback or not. You can't, you can't play soccer then. So, uh, and you can't play on Easter Sunday. I think they should have moved it to Monday. As a kid who went to a Catholic grade school, there was nothing more frightening than Good Friday. Oh, oh scariest! Three day hours, ever. baby. My old man. After about an hour, he'd elbow me and say, "Tell your mother you're sick," and we'd get up and <laughs> drive around and see if we could see any ducks in the ponds oh. for the spring. Did you do the countdown too, John? All right, we're at the third window. <laughs> so that means we only got uh-huh. nine to go. <laughs> yeah. Nine to go. Former Timberwolf Kevin Love says the response to his first-person essay in which he shared his panic attack episode from earlier in the Cavs season opened up about how he looks after his mental health has been overwhelming, said he has him considering continuing to spread the message as his life's work. He opened his piece for the Players' Tribune published Tuesday by describing the panic attack he suffered November 5th. He followed up the 2,300-word story by inviting readers to share their stories with him by emailing as of Wednesday morning, Love said he'd received more than 4,000 emails, and he's assembled a team to read them all in a timely manner. He it says one lousy panic attack, right? Well, he said, no, he had two. The, oh, he had two. The oh, game a couple God. weeks ago, remember, where everybody got mad at him? Oh, apparently okay. that, that he didn't he didn't too. mention that in the story. Okay, but no, I thought he only had one, so he's had two. Okay, well, then I guess you can pour your heart out. Uh, he says it's also opened up lines of communications with his Will, will you be teammates. my shrink, Royce? I want you to be my <laughs> yeah. shrink. It's only you came to me and you said you had one penny attack, and I'd say come back when you have another one. Right. We'll Quit wasting my time. Let's go in and look at the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition and forget about it, Kenny. That's one good. panic attack? Aren't you the guy with knuckle push-ups? <laughs> Uh, NFL news, Michael Bennett apparently being traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh, ooh, ooh. For fifth-round pick and wide receiver. Because they need another defensive lineman. Ooh. And wide receiver Marcus Johnson. 
And uh, speaking of the Seahawks, they also met today with Richard Sherman. And, Uh-oh. Uh, they're expected to explore trade options there, according to Ian Rappaport. He adds the Seahawks could release Sherman or potentially keep him at a different salary. He, of course, had the problem last year towards his right Achilles, only played nine games. Uh, Pete Carroll said last week Sherman also underwent surgery to clean up his left Achilles. Uh, so it's soon. all over in Seattle, boys. They're going to have to redo this thing again. Mm-hmm. All right, Johnny. Thank you very you much. You bet. Okay, I wrote a column tomorrow for on Ryan Presley, my guy Ryan Presley. I'm always in his corner. I like those 98-mile-an-hour fastballs with good hook, but uh, he's got to throw that curveball for strikes if he's going to get people out. But a Rule 5 draft choice in 2012, and, uh, boy, not many of them in Twins history on the Rule 5 draft have stuck around as long as this kid has. He, he, this could be his sixth season here. Now he went back to the minors a couple of times uh, in uh, in, uh, thir- in 14 and 15. But uh, he has pitched a lot of games for the Twins. And in fact, the last three years, he has more appearances than any other Twins pitcher. Now he's, you know, seniority-wise, he's got uh, uh, some. But you go back and look through these guys. The rule on the Rule 5 is that if you... It's by the way, it's a hundred thousand now. I thought it was still fifty. You got to pay a hundred thousand to draft these guys, and then if you uh, give them back, you that you get fifty in return. They got a kid. Uh, they got a guy now this year named Tyler Kinley. He's twenty-seven years old, right-hander. I don't think he's going to make it. They drafted him from the Marlins last year. They had that Justin Haley kid. They kept him around till July twenty-fourth. Didn't take anybody in fifteen. Took. J.R. Graham in 14, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember him, and they kept him all year, and then they let him go, which was kind of stupid. Scotty Diamond, he was a sure, uh, yeah. fiver. They ended up trading for him. But if you go through the years, you don't find many guys who had much success here. Of course, Johan Santana, the greatest Rule 5 guy ever. Uh, in the modern era, in 1970, they went to this system. Before that, they had a 10-year period where if a guy played – one year in the minor leagues, you had to protect him on your 40-man or he was eligible for the draft. This was an attempt to keep the signing bonuses down. Okay. Uh, it was from 59 to 69. Now, the major league draft started in 65, but they kept this rule in place for like four more years. They were trying to keep the... Uh, the 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 uh, the uh, bonuses down, and of course before that in 1947 until into the 50s they had the bonus baby rule. If you got too much money, you had to keep the guy on the major league active list for two years. Harmon uh, was on the Washington Center's active list as an 18 and 19 year old kid and only got into 37 games or something like that, but. I was looking through the list of the Twins Rule 5s today, and I ran across my old friend Sergio Ferrer. And Sergio was uh, taken in the 1973 Rule 5 draft by the Twins and Calvin, and then in 1974 was my first year on the beat. He was he started on opening day. He was their opening day shortstop. A Rule 5 guy was a Rule starter five, on opening yeah. day? Wow. Uh, but Sergio was... But I bring this up because it's a story about baseball and drinking, okay? 
Uh, the twins were in. Uh, we traveled with the twins back then. The the newspaper would pay the the twins to fly. They'd play first class airfare, and then we'd fly with them. They would handle the baggage and eighty uh, percent commercial, but once in a while charter. And we were in Texas one day, and we had a three hour rain delay, which is unfortunate because uh, Texas. While the the owner Brad Corbett was kind of an idiot, he had a great press room for drinking, you know. <laughs> so we had a couple three bloody marys, and then the game started, and then they the, they had young gals who'd come in and ask if you wanted to drink about the third inning. And by the time the game got over, we were Fowler and I, by my running mate Bob Fowler and I, we were we were halfsies, you know. We sure. Were. But then we got on the charter, and we got. Fairly hammered. And I was sitting next to Steve Brod. I wrote this in a blog for tomorrow or today. I was sitting next to Steve Tudor Brod, one of my favorite guys in the plane. And I looked over it and I said, Do you know how much better of a hitter you are than Ty Cobb? Those old guys were all pieces of crap. They couldn't play today. They couldn't play at all. You were, and Fowler was across the aisle and he overheard this. So he turned it into a skit, you know. He said, uh, hey, Rice, he has a theory here. And there was like maybe five, six rows of players hearing this stuff. So he said, you think Stevie Brown's a better hitter than Ty Cobb? And I said, no doubt about it. <laughs> and then pretty soon I was up in the aisle, and he was the MC. And Burt Blylevin or Walter Johnson? Burt Blylevin, no problem. No problem. Much better. Uh, Rogers Hornsby or Rod Carew? Rod Carew, no problem. Much better. And we went around the whole team, right? And I was taking the Twins player over whoever he might have brought up. And then he said, Hannes Wagner or Sergio Ferrer? And Sergio was sitting about two rows away, and he kind of had a happy look on his face, and I said, Fouls, I'm going to have to think about that one. <laughs> and maybe you had to be there. But uh, it was, uh, it was. I think I broke Sergio's heart that day right there. And I've always felt bad about it. Now, right when there. you, when it was coming to that point, did, did yeah. he, did he kind of just. Ears kind of perk up and sit yeah, up in oh, the yeah, seat a little was, bit with yeah, anticipation. Was say, I was about to declare this Rule 5 player to be better than Honus Wagner, <laughs> the greatest shortstop of all time. And I'd seen Sergio for about two months by then. And uh, nice nice kid, slap hitter, but uh, could run like crazy. But uh, I said, I think I'll have to think about that. So he was Pedro Florimon, basically. Yeah, only shorter. Gotcha. But he could run. He okay. could really run. In fact, on opening night in Kansas City, uh, whatever year it was, maybe 75, uh, he, he, might, he might have been his second year when he was still on the team and he was a starting shortstop. Uh, it was 4-4 four to four in the top of the ninth inning, and they, he was on second base, and they hit a long fly ball to center field. Namus Otis caught it and kind of stumbled down to his knees, and Sergio scored from second on a sacrifice fly, and wow. they won the game. Nice. They won the game 6-4. to four, Creating great enthusiasm and excitement for the future, and then they got beat twenty-three to six the next day. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Hands first start uh, twenty-three to six. So, anyway, uh, you know I haven't had a drink in, since nineteen eighty-one, and 
I miss once in a while when I think of a story like that. I miss my tangerine. I, I, now, I which that, one that was, was better? Back then. Was this one better or when? Uh, uh, forgive me for not remembering the player turned coach took out the clubhouse guy in the press box after the game was over the story that you told us a week or two ago um about turning the double play he was a big fan of the second oh no that was the bartender in the uh, press room that was the bartender in the press room marty ruane well that was that's that's, an all-timer that's that's probably the best (laughs) that's probably the best 10 minutes of my life, I'd say. <laughs> Watching Artie Ruane, a drunk Artie Ruane, teach Bill Mazeroski how to make That's a right. double play. The greatest double plays pivot man of all time how, how are you ever going to beat that oh that's pretty good on my deathbed that's the story i want to think of right <laughs> yes <laughs> all right we'll be back quiet please we'll be on the air and now this day in history patrick Yesterday, we celebrated the Big Lebowski's 20th anniversary. Today, this on this day in 1980, Coal Miner's daughter uh, was released, and uh, Sissy Spacek, who we're hearing right here, starring as Loretta Lynn. I did not realize the book was written by George Vesey, her autobiography, who uh, a famous sports writer from the New York Times. George. Uh, why, was Loretta he a fan, Lynn. or why, why was he? Why did he... I, I think he just, I don't know how he got into it. I don't know. Uh, She got married at age 15 in 1948. By the time she was 19, she had four kids. And uh, they ended up out, and her and her husband, uh, who was played by Tommy Lee Jones in the movie, ended up in Washington State where he was working in the forestry industry. And uh, she started singing at bars, and somebody heard her on the radio. And, of course, she became one of the greatest uh, country stars of all time. Loretta Lynn, you know who played her father in the movie? No. Levon Helm. Oh, really? And, of course, uh, uh, very many uh, uh, cameos by Ernest Tubb, Ray Ackoff, and uh, Minnie Pearl in that. But uh, a great movie, if you haven't seen it. And Sissy Spacek won the Academy Award for her portrayal of Loretta Lynn.